What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Week 1 Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. Oh, just take a deep breath, everybody. Take a deep breath. It got really scary really fast for the 49ers in Detroit at the end of that game. Okay. That is not exactly how I saw that game going, but a win is a win is a win. The 49ers get the 41 to 33 win in this game. Uh, It came down to the final seconds in Detroit. Finally, the 49ers defense stepping up and making a play here right at the end. And I see in the comments already, I see everybody chiming in. Yes, we got the win. We need a cornerback. We need a bunch of stuff. Let's just take a deep breath here. We got the win. Now, plenty to go over. We've got the injury to Jason Verrett, which is obviously the biggest storyline of this game. Massive, massive injury to Jason Verrett. D. Ford was banged up. He walked off holding his knee at one point. Aziz Alshire got hurt and came back. Raheem Mostert was injured in the first half. He didn't come back in this game. There was a lot of shades of 2020 in this game. And that was really Scary to see because we thought we were done with this, right? We thought we were past all of this. But we got the win, at least. Uh, we're going to have Kyle Posey from Niners Nation is going to join us. Look who just popped in here. Eleven Black is with us from our podcast, the Gold Standard Podcast. Eleven, I was just saying, there's it was scary. Some bad things happened, obviously. But let's just take a second to exhale. We wanted to start 1-0, and we did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, way to zap the enjoyment out of a win. <laughs> I mean, it, it, this game was, it was done. It was over with. Like, everything was good. And then Jason Verrett goes down and everything changed. The 49ers looked shell-shocked from that point on. They looked stunned. And Detroit just, you know, they're professionals. Like, they get paid too. And they just kept pouring it on. And it kind of snowballed on the Niners a little bit. That was maybe the worst fourth quarter I've ever seen from a 49ers team. Like, well, the you, Super Bowl you, in 2019 was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, saying. but that's that was more, in my opinion, another team just being really good beating you. You know what I mean? Okay. Whereas this was just poor execution, mentally checked out. You know, Debo fumbling. Like everything was horrible. You had Kittle's false start. How many mental errors are you going to make? And then you add in the injuries that all seem to come right towards the end. Like that that whole fourth quarter was just like, holy hell, end the game. Yeah, it looked honestly, it looked like the 49ers were trying to just get out of there with like 12 minutes left in the fourth. It looked like they were just trying to run it out. They expected Detroit to just mail it in. And that's obviously not what happened. To, To put it in perspective. The 49ers were up 41 to 17 with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And the Lions get the ball back. They go touchdown, touchdown, Debo fumbles. And then Detroit's, you know, heading down the field in a one score game. Now they needed a touchdown and a two point conversion. But, you know, that's how scary it was. That's how quickly this thing kind of snowballed here. Uh, Like, look at this comment right here. SLC 49er fan. It feels like a loss. 
it kind of does. Like I literally had to tweet out at one point, if Kyle Shanahan loses this game, this is the most embarrassing loss of the Shanahan era. And I mean, I had a whole list of things I wanted to talk about, you know, in this game, Jimmy looked good and, and the, it, it, you throw it all out the window because of how it ended. Yeah. I mean, I think the story of this game is going to be the defense. Is D'Amico Ryan's it or is he not? I think you, you got to give him more time. It's his first game. But what I saw today was bad schemes, especially with the way he used the linebackers and coverage. Basically take Fred Warner, the best linebacker in football, and say, I'm just going to put you in a little zone where the only way you're ever going to do anything is if they <laughs> happen to throw your way, which they're not going to. No, you put him in man, you take their damn tight end out of the game. That's what you do. And that's what they've done in the past. Yeah. Today, they just kept running zones, at least what it seemed like. It's hard to tell in a broadcast exactly what they're running with the linebackers in the secondary because it's not zoomed out enough. But it certainly seemed like to me that the linebackers were doing the soft zone where all the Lions were doing was going just past it, finding the soft spot in between the secondary and the linebackers and getting catches all day. And it was a lot of Hawkinson doing that. And that's just, to me really to put it frankly asinine by D'Amico Ryan's like I agree you're taking your best player and not using him correctly the over under on catches for Hawkinson coming to this game was four and a half and I was telling people Michelle Majuk was telling people on Friday like take the under they're going to put Warner on Hawkinson he's the only threat they have and that's going to be that well guess what TJ Hawkinson eight catches 97 yards and a touchdown he was everywhere for the Lions like that's the only guy you had to worry about and he gouged the 49ers all day. It reminded me of Robert Sala at times not taking away the other team's greatest strength. It was so frustrating. And like you said, first game for D'Amico Ryan. So, you know, he's got to get used to play calling and all of that stuff. That all is fair, but it was troubling to see. Um, a lot of people, kind of, there's so many different angles to go in this one. <laughs> um, Brandon Ayuk not starting. Trent Sherfield, like, we got another wide receiver in the doghouse for Kyle Shanahan now. No targets, no catches. Ayuk had a punt return, and that was basically it from him in this game. What did you make of, of Shanahan not starting Brandon Ayuk? I don't know. Like, sometimes I think Kyle, he just has such an ego. Like, I, I don't know what Ayuk did. I don't know why he didn't start, why he was clearly not featured. If you want to punish somebody because they did something bad, fine, don't start them. But once the game is on, do what do what you do best. Now, the offense moved the ball, so you can't really say a whole lot that he should have utilized Ayuk more, but he's clearly one of the best receivers on this team. So to not utilize him at all, we all know that Shanahan can devise plays to get certain people the ball, and he never did that, and that – tells me that Kyle was being vindicative and that's stupid and he needs to stop doing this crap because it ruins people's careers destroys their confidence and they shut down we've already seen it with other receivers now you can say Pettis is just Pettis and he wasn't very good that might be the case but to not ever get him the ball if this was a normal game in the second quarter if Ayuk hadn't seen a target yet he would have called a play to get him the ball and he didn't do that so that tells me this was purposeful well, we had the so he had the Ayuk, and as Andrew brings up here, the Trey Sermon inactive, not COVID related, not injury related. Coach's decision 
So, I mean, what's going on in the 49ers locker room, right? Are there issues there? All of a sudden, Ayuk is not starting. Trey Sermon, did they did they go out somewhere on Saturday night? Was there some sort of issue that we don't know about? We'll have to find out. I'm sure Kyle's going to be asked about it after the game, although he might not be because all the focus might end up being on how close that game got at the end. But there's a lot. I mean, God, this team is never boring. <laughs> there's so much going on already. I mean, this is going to be probably the worst press conference after a win for Kyle Shanahan. Right. Because it's all negative. What the heck happened with Sermon? Like, he better tell the damn truth, too. Because if he says, oh, he he was just the fourth string and we didn't need four running backs today, I'm calling BS. And I would call it a lot more, but we're live right now on YouTube, so we don't have the ability to edit out curse words. So I can't really say what I want to say, <laughs> but he was number two on the depth chart all preseason. He ran with starters when Mostert wasn't practicing, which was about half the time prior to the season. So to say he's fourth on the depth chart all of a sudden, like that, that doesn't fly. And the reporters better press him if that is his answer. Kyle has to give an honest answer. What happened? Why didn't he dress? Because he was clearly your second running back. Something has changed and we need to know why. Because when do they publish the depth chart? I think the final depth chart is something like Wednesday or something like that prior to the game. So on Wednesday, he was number two because he's listed as number two on the depth chart. So what happened? He needs to give an honest answer. And then everything else is going to be like, what what happened at the collapse at the end? And, you know, what what's the severity of Mostert and Barrett and, and, and the other yep. injuries? Like, it's all negative. It's going to feel like a loss and a loss where the media is coming at him because he has a lot of explaining to do. Somebody on Twitter, Ricardo, hit me up and said, that's going to be a quiet plane ride tonight. That W feels more like an L, and I hate to say it, but it's it kind of does. I mean, they did win. So, you know what, let's let's go there, Levin, because I, I don't want it to be all bad on this thing. The 49ers did get the win. They put up 41 points. The offense looked absolutely great. I want to give a credit to Jimmy Garoppolo who played well, 17 of 25, 314 yards, threw a long touchdown pass that, to me, I thought was kind of more luck than anything else. The ball was a little underthrown as he was getting hit as he threw it, but stayed in there, took a lot of big hits, I will say, and had the offense moving downfield. This might be the most impressed I've been with Jimmy Garoppolo since he's been a 49er, because it wasn't just, you know, statistically he did well, he was efficient, I mean, he averaged well over 10 yards per attempt, but he also stood in there. He took some hits and delivered the pass anyways. On top of that, his athleticism seemed to be back. We didn't see it very much last year, and he did get injured early, so that might be why we didn't see it last year. But he avoided a lot of rushes where the defender had him dead to rights, and he spun out of it or moved just right to get away from it, and he turned some very negative plays into positives that should have been sacks and would have been sacks against a lot of quarterbacks, and I would say would definitely have been sacks against him last year. And I didn't really see the happy feet. So I think in a game where the offensive line didn't do a particularly good job, because there was a lot of pressure uh, consistently in this game against Jimmy, he did extremely well. I want to, yeah, you know, and a lot of people accuse me of being a Jimmy hater and all that, and I have expressed my frustrations, but... He did play pretty well in this game. I like this comment right here on the touchdown pass from Edgar Corona watching on YouTube. That play of the Debo looked like the game against the Ravens in 2019. That is exactly the same thought I had, Edgar. I agree. 
deep ball down the right sideline, ends up being underthrown. Debo makes a great adjustment, and except in this time, Debo would catch it and ran the rest of the way. So nice play by him. But, I mean, the 49ers offense, 442 yards in 55 plays. It was eight yards per play. That is amazing. Garoppolo was only sacked one time. And, oh, by the way, they ran for 131 yards, almost five yards a carry. Elijah yeah, the, Mitchell, the rookie had 100. Elijah Mitchell, 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the Raheem Mostert injury obviously is bad, but if there's any position where you feel like the 49ers could afford an injury, it would be at running back. Mitchell looked good. Jamichael Hasty had a touchdown run. Um, the offense, I have no complaints about the offense. My only complaint about the offense is they got to stop putting in Trey Lance on these obvious running situations because he's taking a bunch of hits. The, the time they used him as a passer, he threw a touchdown pass, his first career pass. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the Trey Lance uh, involvement. You know, use them or don't use them. Right. But, you know, Taysom Hill, it, it doesn't work. If it's going to be a run, well, they're going to play against the run. So, but my thoughts offensively, up until the final six minutes, they looked unstoppable. There was no <laughs> stopping them. Like, they could do what they wanted. Final six minutes, I don't know if Shanahan started to shut it down and just went vanilla, but the run game wasn't there. He was just running up the gut. He didn't do a whole lot. He didn't do misdirections. Uh, he didn't do play actions. Uh, it seemed like he kind of shut it down and was just trying to get the game over with, yep. uh, which ended up kind of backfiring. Um, but I thought the offense looked tremendous through the first three quarters. Granted, the opponent is not the best, so that that's hard to take anything from. But I got to say, uh, what idiot thought Mitchell should be cut? Like, <laughs> oh, wait, that, that was you? me. <laughs> nice. Very yeah, nice. that was me. <laughs> See, so the, I can be wrong. I can be wrong. Shanahan press conference is starting. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing what he has to say. Um, look at the drive chart for the 49. First of all, Jimmy Garoppolo first snap fumbles, turns it over. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Then they go touchdown, 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 field goal right before the half. And you know what I liked right before the half, Levin? Did he made 40, it? Well, yes, that too. <laughs> he did miss one though, so don't worry. But I loved what Shanahan did before the half. He started using his timeouts on defense because he wanted to step on their throat. He wanted to get points before the half. He used the timeouts on defense. The 49ers end up getting the ball back at their own 28 with 44 seconds to go. They go all the way down the field and kick a 40-yard field goal with eight seconds left. It was perfect. I loved it from Shanahan because I feel like at times last year, he would throw up the white flag and say, well, we don't want to have a turnover before halftime. He didn't do that today, and they got points out of it. That's the difference in believing in your quarterback and not. But it's the same guy. It is, but he was injured some last year, and he looked more assertive this year. I mean, guys can change. Last year, he certainly seemed to be playing almost scared. Didn't see that in this game, and that would mean he likely didn't see that in training camp and leading up to the season. And when you trust your quarterback to that degree, that you will be able to play more aggressive. Whereas last year, you know, he had a bad Jimmy Garoppolo for six games and he had guys like Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. So I think a lot of how aggressive you play things at the end of a half depends on how much you trust that quarterback to not turn what could be a positive into a massive negative. So the press conference has started. Here's Kyle Shanahan on Jason Verrett. Quote, it's crushing. Hope for the best, but it's crushing. He fears that he may have lost him to the season to a torn ACL. For what it's worth, Eric Davis, former 49ers 
uh, analyst, radio analyst said he just got off the phone with his little brother and it's a torn ACL. And I think clearly he was talking about Jason Verrett, although he didn't expressly say that. That is devastating, Levin, for this defense. He, other than Nick Bosa, Jason Verrett was the most important player. And you could make an argument that Verrett was more important because there's no depth whatsoever at cornerback. You could see when he went down, the Lions went right down the field. Boom, boom, boom. And they have no wide receivers whatsoever. This is a massive, massive injury. It's a huge hole in the defense now for San Francisco. So before I address that, let me just say uh, to all the writers out there, and there were some prominent names. Uh Uh-oh. When a defender goes down that's known for knee injuries and ACLs, grabs his knee, and then gets up and is able to walk to the sideline, that doesn't mean crap. Like, I literally saw three different beat writers post, looks like they dodged a bullet, Verrett walks off on his own power. (laughs) That happens all the time with ACLs. All the time. You're able to walk (laughs) with an ACL. You just don't have any structural integrity, so you can't cut. You can't do anything that flexes the knee. People get up and walk all the time. And it it also isn't a very painful injury. There's a snap, an audible snap, but normally it doesn't come with much pain. And so players actually think they're good sometimes and are able to stay in the game for a player too. But then they go to try to cut and they fall down and realize that it's something more serious. Like when are people going to learn? Like this is a pretty common injury. People can walk on it. Outside of that, the Niners, I think, have to make a move. From what we saw at the end of this game, you you can't trust what we saw. You can't trust Aubrey Thomas. You just, you got to make a move. Henderson's out there for Jacksonville. So if I'm the Niners, I'm inquiring with him and I'm inquiring, uh, I'm probably calling up Richard Sherman to see if maybe that's something possible. It it just, I don't see how they can go through this season. If Verrett is really done for the season with basically a Mosley who can't seem to stay healthy yep. and some rookies. It's dicey. Um, Raheem Mostert is slated for an MRI tonight, but Shanahan said the training staff told him they don't believe it's an ACL injury. So that's good news on Raheem Mostert, obviously. Um, I mean, he looked so good in the preseason so far. Uh, you want to know what happened with uh, with Sermon, Levin? Kyle what? Shanahan said there's no injury for Trey Sermon. He just wasn't one of the top three running backs they were going to use in week one. Yeah. Did they follow that up and press him and say, bull, there's no way because you put out a depth chart a couple of days ago that said he was and he was the number two on the depth chart all season and got first team snaps when Mostert wasn't healthy like that. That's complete BS. And the NFL should find him for lying because you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> you can lie. They lie all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, that is that's bad. Tr- Trey Sermon was a high draft pick for the 49ers. Like, and now he doesn't even start in week one when you're known. How did Hasty get better? How did Hasty leap from like that? That's the thing. Like I could see that there's a logical way to get Mitchell to be ahead of Sermon. Oh, Mitchell was hurt. And then suddenly, you know, he's healthy and he just looked a lot better, which you can make the argument for. He had a hundred yard game in his first game, but how did Hasty get ahead of him? Because he was not ahead of him at any point this preseason ever. So what happened? I can't read this person's name. M. uh, Melgar. I don't know. I don't know how to say this person's name. I apologize. But I think they summed it up nicely. Welcome to Kyle's doghouse. And it's like the Roach Motel, Evan. People check in. They usually don't check out. And to have Sermon in the doghouse already before the first game of the year. I mean, 
<laughs> Can't we have nice things? Come on. Barrett's down. D4 got hurt. Aziz Alshire got hurt. Mostert's hurt. We couldn't even finish a game. This is so frustrating. It's very frustrating. And look, if a guy's just not doing things well, that's one thing. But correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Kyle talking up Sermon saying, you know, he looks good? Like yeah. there wasn't any like negative press about Sermon. There wasn't a whole lot of praise. Sermon kind of fell under the radar because he didn't get a lot of work in preseason, mainly because he was the starter through most of the preseason because Mostert wasn't healthy enough to play. And what was said was positive. How can a guy go from being all the way up there and getting treated like the starter or the number two, depending on if Mostert was healthy, to suddenly being an, a healthy scratch? It, yeah. there, there's no logical way to get there without something happening and Kyle's not being truthful. And unfortunately, we have a press corps that won't press him on it. Yeah, I mean, my follow-up question would be, isn't it? concerning to you that he wasn't good enough to be a running to, to dress on game day when you drafted him so high. Uh, I asked people from the at NN podcast, Twitter handle, which is the, obviously the, where our tweets come from for the podcast network, describe this game in three words. How about Mr. Taylor learn to close pretty self-explanatory, but yeah, I mean, when you go from like four, was it 38, 10 or whatever it was, let's see, 41, 17, excuse me, with six minutes to go in the fourth, so all of a sudden your defense has to make a stop because they're trying to drive to to tie the game here. Yeah, you got to learn to close. That is bad juju. And, you know, hopefully D'Amico Ryans can learn from this and the 49ers figure it out. But you, you uh, this is against the Lions. They got lucky it was a soft landing. Against the real team, they might have lost this game, Levin. Oh, they definitely would have lost against a real team. Can I just say, I, I think it should be noted that where was the defensive line pressure at the end of the game? Like They, they were, were not getting home. They were gas. I, I think that's what happened. I posted uh, right towards the end of the first half saying that the way this game has gone, that defense is going to be gassed and watch for that at the end of the game. Or I think I said watch for that in the second half. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. That first half, they couldn't get off the field. Like the Lions didn't put up many points, but they were constantly getting these five, six, seven, even eight minute drives yep. with 10 plus plays because they were just barely getting the first down over and over. And that leads to a defense that gets tired towards the end. And I think we saw that. I think the secondary was not so much being gassed, just not playing well. And I don't know what the coverages were because they were having guys get open deep and yet the safeties were nowhere to be found. So what were the safeties responsibilities? I would ask, because it's not like our safeties lack speed. So if they were anywhere near for coverage, they should have been there to try to break it up and they weren't. So that tells me, that I think D'Amico went into a pretty hardcore prevent towards. He said the safeties just drop all the way back and keep everything in front of you. Basically took them out of the play to where they could clean up a deep catch, but they couldn't do anything to prevent it. Because it certainly seemed like the safeties were behind every play, even though it was a 20-plus yard completion on some of these. I, I, I don't get the defense. It's hard, like I said, to judge exactly what was happening without looking at something like the all 22 or different angles, but it certainly yep. seemed like scheme issues to me. Uh, so you add, you mentioned Richard Sherman, by the way, I'm just looking at Twitter for the press conference uh, asked about interest in Richard Sherman. Shanahan replied, quote, Sherm is always a possibility. Now he's got a whole legal situation that the, you know, right. we don't know what's going to go on there. Don't forget there was a 
an accident and he left the scene of the accident. So there's a whole other thing. Uh, we got to figure that out. But he said, Shanahan said, we've discussed it. I've talked to Sherman too. It's always a possibility, but I don't think that Richard Sherman is much better. Like you're not getting Richard Sherman from 2012 here. Like he looked pretty washed the last time I saw him with the 49ers. So it's not like, Oh, you bring in Sherman and you've solved all your problems. So I don't know. I'm not even that psyched about that, Levin. But we're looking at possibly next week where the starting corners are Emmanuel Mosley and Josh Norman, who wasn't even on the team two weeks ago. And that's if Mosley can play. Right. Seems likely, but he didn't play in this game. So who knows? Yeah. Like I said, if I'm the Niners, I inquire about a Henderson from Jacksonville before I call Sherman. But there's no guarantee you can trade for somebody in the Niners are missing a lot of their picks that you would like to trade for this. Um, so to me, they might be forced to only go to Sherman. And I agree. Sherman looked washed last year, but it's yep. better than nothing. And you do kind of need a vet presence. You know, Josh Norman is new. He's not going to be able to help to teach that defense. And I think that's something you would gain from Sherman. You know, the whole uncle Sherm thing, <laughs> you got a couple rookies there that are still learning the system. Yeah. So getting him in there and that vet presence that actually knows the system maybe better than anybody else because he's played in it his whole career would probably help quite a bit. I love this comment from Marin, who's watching on the Niners Nation YouTube channel. First game since a while where I felt confident on offense and nervous on defense. And yeah, like at the end of that game, I was like, can we just get the, the onside kickback to get the ball back? And then the Niners do. They run it twice. They do play action. They let Jimmy throw on third down, which I thought was interesting by Kyle. Like, again, you talked about confidence in your guy, right? He's letting Jimmy throw on third down, knowing if he throws an incompletion, the Lions get to keep a timeout. Jimmy extended the play a little bit, hits Debo Samuel with a nice pass. Debo makes the catch, gets the first down, fumbles the ball, which, of course, bounces right to the Lions. Like, I was nervous for the 49ers defense. I, I totally agree with Marin. I was much more confident in the offense. I was thinking, like, if we just get the onside kickback, there's no way they're going to be able to stop us. And I was right, except Debo just gave the damn thing away. Yeah, like I said, uh, Jerry's out on D'Amico Ryans as a defensive coordinator. Not a good showing. You know, it's not just that Detroit put up some points. It's the fact that it was Detroit putting up some points. That's not a good offense. They have no receivers. They have running backs yep. that aren't anything to write home about. I, I think Swift and Jamal Williams are okay, but they're they're nothing special. Really, all they have is a tight end. And that tight end was allowed early on to do as he pleased, and that allowed everything else to open up. And the run defense in particular was atrocious. Like yes. That, the secondary fell apart late. The run defense was a problem all game long. I didn't see any adjustment there crashing to the center. You know, the Detroit kept running misdirection and then right up the gut. Over and over and over again, and over and over and over again, the linebackers were crashing to the outside on the misdirection. Yep. Now, we have pretty smart linebackers. So that, again, gets me back to what were they directed? What was their direction from the scheme if it's crash the outside and keep everything inside then you can't really blame the linebackers on that and the fact that they kept doing it over and over again tells me that was likely a scheme issue and it's kind of the opposite because with with the speed you have at linebacker and safety and cornerback on this team you would think you have the defensive line pinch in 
to force runs to the outside and allow that st- that speed to take over. But that's not what we saw. It was mind-boggling that they kept gashing the Niners in the same spot. Lions ran for 24 times for 116 yards on the day. That's 4.8 yards per carry with a touchdown. DeAndre Swift was their best receiver, really, other than Hawkinson. But Jamal Williams, nine carries, 54 yards, six yards per carry, had a touchdown, broke off a 20-yarder. Like, there was no Kinlaw in this game, and you felt it, especially early when they're getting gashed up the middle. How about this comment? I didn't get to it earlier from Joshua Lawrence. How could we not stop the Lions? Will other teams follow the Lions' blueprint for moving the ball? Now, I do think early on in the fourth, some of those yards the Niners gave up freely because, like I said, it was 41-17. So I do think the Niners were giving some of those up freely. But then when they tried to tighten up, they still couldn't stop them. So you can't just write it all off uh, like we talked about with the, with the depth at corner being such an issue. Teams are going to be able to pass the ball on the 49ers. There is now more pressure than ever on Bosa, who, by the way, played the whole game today. No problems. Had a sack. Ford. Did get hurt at one point. He walked off holding his knee, although he did come back. But he looked good when he was out there. But there is more pressure than ever on the front four to get to the quarterback because if they don't, dudes are going to be open. Right. But this front four has to dominate. And I would like to see some inventiveness in blitzes. Didn't see that either in this game, which maybe I think they thought they wouldn't need to. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I – I was a little disappointed with the impact of, of the defensive line. They certainly had some sacks. I think they had three total and they had some pressures, but they weren't consistently getting into that backfield. There were quite often holds on Boza, which is to be expected. Never <laughs> saw a call, but quite often it was Boza trying to rush and the offensive player pretty much is going like this on both sides of his pads and holding on to both sides of his pads so that he couldn't go anywhere. But that's that's not often called. If, you, if he's allowed to get you it's normally holding is normally called when you're getting by him and he's dragging you you know that's the easy ones to call when when you're inside and and the offensive player is able to keep his hands in a normal kind of position not you know way out here or something like that you're not going to see holding called very often so i was a little disappointed with the impact that defensive line had and they started so well too street got that early sack and i just didn't see the defensive pressure I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just checking Twitter and Tim Kawakami. I'm sorry. Did the 49ers lose that game and I missed it? If so, please do fire me. I'm the worst. It's like, yeah, dude, they won the game. But if you're coming out of this game with a good feeling or saying that we should be, you know, whistling Dixie over here, I'm sorry. That's just not the case. You better beat the Lions. Like, if you're saying I should just be happy because they beat the Lions, like, no, this was almost a monumental loss. And maybe that's a good thing, Levin. Maybe... That is sort of the wake-up call. You know, if they would have lost this game, everybody would be saying, oh, you know, we needed it. It's the wake-up call, and now we're going to be good. Well, maybe they got that wake-up call without actually having to sacrifice a game in the standings. It's possible, but, you know, my takeaway from that TK tweet is I actually agree with him on something. He is the worst. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. I didn't catch on there. That's my bad. It was scary. Like, I did not expect to have the heart pumping and the hands like shaking in the final 30 seconds of this game. And yet here I was, I relocated. I went from my, my living room where, you know, I had the big screen and I'm watching the game. I head down into my office, into the studio here, you know, trying to write down little nuggets and notes and get prepared and Detroit scoring touchdowns. And all of a sudden the game's getting closer and closer. And I'm like, wait, I got to stop writing this stuff. It might all be irrelevant. And uh, I mean, what eight point game, 
Debo Samuel on the win. Kyle asked the team how everybody felt about the win, and nobody said anything. Well, I actually like hearing that, Levin. I like seeing that. It, they get it, right? It seems like then the locker room gets it. They realize what almost just happened here, so that could be a good thing. Um, going back to at NN Podcast, as I said, describe this game in three words. How about don't bleeping ask from Graham Mason? Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much how I feel about that. It was, it was ugly for a, for a game against the lions when everything for everything to go exactly as the 49ers planned it. They ran the ball early with success. Jimmy Garoppolo was taking care of the ball. They got a big lead. The pass rushers were getting to, to golf there. D Ford pressures him. Goff throws the pick six, which I feel like he throws every game against the 49ers and it's good. Everything is good. Life is good. The Niners are going to win. It's great starting the season exactly as we thought. Vrett gets hurt, and it just snowballs. Mostert goes down, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Very, very frustrating. Levin, can you hear me now? Are you back? <laughs> yeah, I cut out there while you were talking about Debo's quote. Uh, so did you hear what I said? Not really. So basically... Shanahan said after the game, this is Debo talking, and Debo said, Kyle asked the team how they felt in the locker room after the win, and nobody in the locker room said anything. So it sounds like they get it, right? They they realize what happened. Okay, again, we've lost them. <laughs> got back. I missed the whole quote. Apparently, my computer does not want to hear the Debo quote. Okay, well, I don't want to say it a third time because people have already heard it. Let's just say the team realizes what happened. So that seems to be good. Um they got to go to Philadelphia next week, Levin, and the Eagles looked good today. The Eagles handed the Atlanta Fal- handled, excuse me, the Atlanta Falcons, and I know they're the Falcons, but they're certainly better than the Lions. And the Eagles, it was thirty-two to six. They dominated, so it's not a you know as soft a landing as maybe we thought going into Philly next week. And it's the dreaded mobile quarterback on top of it. Hurts looked really good from, uh, you know, obviously I couldn't watch the game, so I was watching the Niners, but. I was kind of keeping track of him and he seemed to be looking good again. Like you said, it's Atlanta, but a mobile quarterback is known to give us fits. And if he can escape some of this pressure from what we saw, if the Niners defense isn't getting home, they're in trouble. And with the secondary now in shambles, they got to get it together quick and figure it out for yet another East coast early start game. Okay. I'm sorry. I just saw this quote. And I don't mean to ignore what you said, but Debo Samuel after the game said he got quote too comfortable on his fourth quarter fumble. Dude, Debo, you were the only one that was comfortable, dude. How are you comfortable? Your team is pissing away the game. I'm sorry, but that's exactly what's happening, right? Your lead is chipping away. Your defense is gassed. It's a one score game. You get the ball. It's third down. If you don't get this, the Lions are going to have a chance to get the ball and come back and tie the game. You get a completion on third down. You get comfortable. You should have been holding on to that ball like it was your child. The last thing you should have been is comfortable. What the hell is that? What's he talking about? So how does that not get you into the Shanahan doghouse? Right. I'm in year three and I'm too comfortable. Like, what are you talking about? You're not a rookie, and even a rookie should know better than that. The game is very much on the line. Like, it was one possession at that point. It was eight points, and you're too comfortable trying to seal it. Like, 
that reeks of somebody that is not mentally aware enough. Like that that's just a horrendous quote. That that's bad. That is stunning to me. And all I can hope is that Kyle just kicks the hell out of them this week. Like makes them work. You know, maybe they were feeling themselves a little bit. You know, they came into this game very confident. Levin George Kittle talked about it early in the week that they're super confident. They think they're going to be great. Bosa's back. Like they thought they were great and everything looked great. Like I said, up 41 17 with six minutes to go. And now we're sweating it out with under a minute to go. And it's a one score game. Maybe they thought that life was going to be good. And, and hope, like I said, hopefully it keeps going back to they realize what happened and they can bounce back from this. But I keep seeing people on Twitter talking about Richard Sherman. Like Richard Sherman does not solve the problem. Everybody else could have signed Richard Sherman and they said, no, thank you. What does that tell you? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, I don't know how much Richard Sherman is wanting to uproot and leave the West Coast where he's always been. He might have a very limited view of what teams he's willing to play for and his whole legal issues now throw a whole wrinkle into that because I don't know. It's tough. It's almost like the Niners, if they want to sign Sherman, they should call the league office and say, are you going to put him on the commissioner's exempt list if we sign him? Because that's very much a possibility. Like this isn't a question of, well, maybe he's not guilty. We know he's guilty of what he did. And it's a question of how hard he gets hit legally. So this is a case that a lot of times when the NFL knows the player is guilty and it's just a matter of, uh, sentencing basically and being actually officially found guilty, they normally put him on the exempt list. True. So That's true. like, I, I think that might be what's holding up Sherman joining the team is that most people find, find it likely that he's going on the commissioner's exempt list. So why sign him? Peter Burge is asking about D Ford watching on the Niners nation YouTube channel. Uh, I have not seen anything in the post-game press conferences about D Ford. I know he was holding his side at one point and walked off the field, but I believe he came back on the field in the fourth quarter and played after that. So... He did that, that uh, final defensive play. I uh, uh, actually tweeted out about it because it was one of the, the lineups that I wanted to see and was curious if they would utilize. They had Boza on an outside. They had D Ford on an outside and they actually put Samson. They lined him up inside to utilize all that speed rushing capability. And they got some pressure on it on that final play. So D Ford was in on the final defensive play on that fourth down. Which is good to see, but I mean, again, it's another guy where you're depending on an injured guy, a guy that has done nothing but get hurt in his career to be out there for you in a critical spot. And thank God he was out there and thank God he played well because they needed him. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's at the podium now. I'm sure he's going to say a whole bunch of nothing because that's generally (laughs) what he does. Um, We didn't really talk about it too, too much, so we can go there. Trey Lance, one for one, five yards. That was the touchdown to Sherfield. Three carries, two yards. I'm sorry. If that's how you're using Trey Lance, you're doing it wrong. Like you're doing it wrong. It's, it's stupid. It's pointless to do, to do that with him, to have him out there for that. If that's what you're going to do, don't put him out there because it's ridiculous. And he's just getting hit a bunch. There's no point. I agree. If that's all you're going to do is run him up the gut, which is what his runs were. It, it's pointless, but I wonder how much of his package got nerfed due to Mostert because we, we talked on the gold standard podcast last week about how Mostert, with Trey Lance is truly kind of an unstoppable combo because most of it has that track speed and to get to the outside. So if you hesitate whatsoever on trying to see if Trey Lance is keeping the ball, mm-hmm. most going to gas you to the outside. So I wonder how much that affected things. And it became a package of, 
well, we'll put Mitchell out there so that there's at least a threat of Mitchell keeping the ball, but he's not really run that package, especially with how injured he was all through training camp. And thus they were never going to give Mitchell the ball in that scenario. And so it was always a keeper. And if that's the case, don't run it. What's the point? Right. If that's the case, then just don't do it. Uh, I also wonder, like, I think Jimmy Garoppolo was a little mad that <laughs> drove all the way down the field. They took him out. They put Lance in. He throws a little five-yard play action to Sherfield for the touchdown. Touchdown vulture, Trey Lance. I don't know. Jimmy seems like a pretty level-headed guy. I mean, I'll, I'll give him that, that he is taking this situation about as well as you could ever hope him to take. And I would all but guarantee when Trey Lance let that go, and he saw it was going to be a touchdown. Jimmy was celebrating on the sideline. How about this tweet from Matt Barrows? For the second straight year, the 49ers go from an artificial turf game to a stayover in West Virginia, needing to get an MRI on a pivotal defensive starter. Yeah. Like, that's why it's so depressing, though, right? Like, that's why we feel like we lost, even though we didn't, because it feels exactly like 2019 again. And we thought that we spent all these months and did everything to get away from that. And it's like Groundhog Day. We just woke up and we're right. I got you, babe, is playing on the radio again. And this is where we are. We're back in the muck. And not to correct you, but I think you meant 2020 there. You said feels like 2019. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. So not not to confuse people. Obviously, it does not feel like 2019. Sorry about where that. Where everything went right. The juices are flowing. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, hopefully, look at Kenneth Garcia. Optimist here watching on the YouTube channel. Hopefully, it's just week one jitters. It wasn't, though, Kenneth. They were killing them. <laughs> In the fourth quarter with six minutes to go, it was 41-17. to 17. They looked great. If if the injury and that comeback didn't happen, Levin, I would have come on and I would have said, this team is unbelievable. The 49ers showed that they are exactly the team we thought they were going to be. They were sticking it to the doubters. Jimmy Garoppolo even looked good. Like That was the, the show we were going to do. And then you know, all hell broke loose basically at the end there. So I can't say that it was jitters, unfortunately, Kenneth. I'm sorry, but it didn't look like jitters to me. It looked like they got an injury at their at their worst possible spot and they kind of fell apart. Yeah, they definitely fell apart. There's no question that they fell apart at the end of this game. It was, like I said, one of the worst fourth quarters I've ever seen from a 49ers team. Certainly a 49ers team that was winning, uh, obviously in the dark years of the mid-2000s, there probably were some really, really terrible fourth quarters <laughs> on those really bad teams. But Fair enough. this was, in terms of factoring in game situation, about as bad of a fourth quarter as I can remember. So, okay, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Um, I want to get more answers on Sermon. I agree with you. But the 49ers get the win. They are 1-0. They play Philadelphia next week. Does this change how you feel about the 49ers either next week or the season in general? I saw some people earlier in the show saying all of a sudden it feels like this team is more of a nine and eight type of team than an 11 and six type of team. Do you agree with that? No. The only thing that has changed for me is I was very confident this defense was going to be ridiculously good. 2019 level, maybe even better. Now I have severe hesitation and it's no longer this defense is going to be really good. It's well, we'll see what the defense is, but I feel much more. Well, I wouldn't say much more. I feel more confident that this offense is going to push the Kansas city chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the best offense in the league. They're going to have to, 
Because I think the defense is not going to be, I think the defense is going to probably let up close to 30 points a week, to be honest with you. I really do. With the, with the secondary the way it is, especially when you have safeties like Ward and, and Tart, who are great, but don't make game-changing plays, I think that, you know, you can't just depend on that pass rush. Those dudes are going to get tired. It's inevitable. Um, so I think the offense is going to have to pick up more of the slack this year. We will see if they do. But again, 1-0, I know injuries suck, and, and Verrett's probably gone for the year, and that hurts, uh, but it's a win. And there's, you know, it's a pass-fail business. There are no style points. We'll take it. You know, hopefully nine more of these things and the 49ers get in the playoffs and then it's up for grabs. It's anybody's season. So hopefully that, you know, they find a way to muddle through here. We'll take one and oh, and we'll see what happens next week. Levin, I want to thank you very much for the time, for hopping in here and helping me vent and work through this. I feel like this is a therapy session, even during the wins. All right, everybody, if you haven't done so, please subscribe to the Niners Nation podcast network. Uh, Subscribe to the Niners Nation YouTube page as well you're going to get daily updates on everything going on with the 49ers you'll get a five minute update you'll get a show every single weekday a long form show there's something for everybody no matter what kind of football you like it's a football buffet here we are very grateful for you so we thank you one and oh so far at least a win is a win we'll talk to you next week go nine